Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the Association of Common Sense Masculinity is proud to present the exciting, the thought-provoking Can-Am Soup, an entertaining, genuine, and often meandering conversation between two friends. And now, the stars of our show, Jeremy Gertz and Todd Fuss. Hey, Todd. How you doing, brother? Good, Jeremy. How about yourself? Good. You know, once again, I couldn't hear the music of our little intro there. I'm like waiting, and then all of a sudden I hear your voice. I'm like, oh, again, that's weird. It's just canceling out the music. I wonder why. Yeah, no. And so I just kind of play it in my head because it's like at the end where you go, Jeremy Gertz and Todd Fuss, and then there's usually a couple bars. So I'm just kind of playing it in my mind, trying to figure out when it ends so that I don't come in too soon. <laughs> so are you all ready for Christmas? Bah, humbug. <laughs> that, that much, hey? <laughs> oh, man. You guys, uh, I think we've talked about it. You guys doing much pretty low-key Christmas? or Pretty low-key. Yeah. But we're going to go to her mom and dad's for um, like lunch, dinner that afternoon. And they wanted me to cook a... Uh, lean prime rib. Hmm. Specified lean. It has the that outside skirt taken off. Oh, okay. Yep. Right on. So, how are you going to cook that? Just in the oven, or same way I always do. I, but I might change it up a little bit. If I do, I'll tell you about it. Okay. Right on. <clears throat> I'm thinking about doing it in a clay pot. Hmm. What's the uh what's the advantage of that? It you can get you know cuz like low and slow makes meat tender but um hot and fast makes it crispy on the outside. Mhm. Right? Clay pot cooking kind of does both in a oh, weird really? way. Huh. Have you when tried I do that my, before? Uh, Roast pork or Cuban roast pork or carnitas or anything like that. I use a clay pot. Hmm. I've never even heard of that. That's cool. So what, what kind of clay pot? Like, is it like obviously for cooking? It's like, uh, literally it's an orange clay two piece pot. The bottom's glazed. The oh, top okay. is not. And before you start cooking in it, you have to soak the top half in water, no cold kidding. water for 10 minutes. Huh. And then you start everything in a cold oven, bring it up to temperature. Ah, oh, that makes sense. So you don't shock it or something. Yeah, it's uh, a good thing to like cook roast chickens in. Hmm. It stays uh, very moist, but also gets crispy on the outside. Interesting. I've never heard of that. Yeah. Uh, Hungary is a lot, and India uses a lot of clay pot cooking, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's cool. Well, that'll be good, hey? Oh, yeah. Sweet. Yeah, we're doing a ham for Christmas. We did a big old brisket at Thanksgiving. And then actually we did a brisket a week or two ago. And usually we do a brisket on Christmas, but we're kind of like, man, we've had a lot of brisket lately. 
And so we're doing a ham. Do a nice ham on the smoker. A natural, like, bone-in, like, actual ham. It's funny, my grandma, she always bought, like, the super processed ham. You know, it's basically just pulverized meat into, like, a paste, and then they shape it into a ham-like shape and then bind it and package it. <clears throat> and growing up as a kid, I thought that was ham. And then you actually get, like, an actual proper ham from a butcher. It's like, oh, okay, this is different. So I think we're going to smoke that for Christmas dinner. Yesterday I went out and I did all my Christmas shopping in one day. And I feel like my soul is just starting to return to my body now. Oh man. Uh, I was in some of these stores and the ladies were saying that yesterday was predicted to be the busiest shopping day of the year. Man, I got an early start though, man. I was out like my first place. I was at eight o'clock in the morning. Just boom, boom, boom. And I could tell like the malls. I went to a few different malls. And when I got to them, it was before lunchtime and, you know, you could get a parking spot. And then at the end, oh my goodness, I was leaving with bags of stuff, walking to my vehicle. And this was like at an underground parkade and rows and rows upon people. And they see you walking and they just have their eyes on you. And they're just trying to, trying to see where you're going to go to so they can get your spot. Just crazy, man. And the mall was just the volume of people it's like somebody had a dial and they were just very steadily turning it up and it was it was brutal so I got a I was done at about two o'clock in the afternoon and I was so pleased to be leaving the city I was like later but oh man I've been busy all week long man I've been just doing stuff <clears throat> I did uh I put new lights up in the barn I don't know if I did a video about that uh, had to get a sponsorship video done, but man, like what a difference. It is so nice out there now. And then the day after that, I put all new lights in Steph's office because she had like these old fluorescents from like the 90s. And sometimes they would all work and it'd be nice and bright. And then the next day, half of them would work, be so dark. So I ripped all those out. And then back in September, we bought some LED They're like tube style lights and uh, off Amazon. And I was kind of... I was like, yeah, I don't know. Super lightweight. Like, I use number six screws and drywall anchors, just two per light to mount them to the ceiling. And then you just link them all up. And it they are so nice. Like, I'm super impressed. I just hardwired them. They give you a lead that you can either plug them in. It's got a switch on it or a lead that you can hardwire in. And so I got those up, and that is so nice. And then that evening... I went and I, I ripped all the under cabinet lighting out of our kitchen because it was the same thing as all fluorescence. And we put all LED under cabinet lighting in, in the kitchen. So I'm like the light king. That's what I've been working on is lighting projects all week long. But they make a huge difference. Yes. Like our kitchen is so nice. I'm like, oh, and so we've got a bunch more like this house was built in the 90s. And for some reason, the 90s, people only believed in sconce lighting, you know, on the walls. And people are like, no, don't, why would you put a light on the ceiling? That's dumb. And so our entire basement has no, no ceiling lights on it. And the kitchen and stuff, it's got like one of those, like what was a track light. And, uh, so I was up in the attic and I, I found I can, they sell those ones. They basically you can just cut a hole now and you just mount them from the inside. And where our kitchen is, cause it's a big vaulted ceiling. They just have baths of insulation. Like everywhere else is blown insulation. But because that wouldn't stick, wouldn't cling well to the slope of the roof of the ceiling is bad. So I think what I'm going to do is I'll be able to just cut a hole from the inside, take a fiberglass 
you know, electrical fetching rod and just run it and put in, I'm going to put about six pot lights in the kitchen area, I think. And that should make a big difference. Oh, so yeah, as soon as I'm done the Christmas rush, rush work, it's like the honeydew list work, you know? Yeah, never am. <clears throat> nope. The and then I, ownerships. yeah. And then I don't know if I told you our latte machine died, not died, died, but it wouldn't pull shots of espresso anymore. And that's kind of a, a fairly significant thing. Like every single morning, our tradition is as soon as I wake up, I make Steph a Earl Grey latte and I get my regular latte. And the machine works for steam, but it doesn't, it won't pull the shots. Like it wasn't running it through the group head. And so I've had to make um, AeroPress espresso, which isn't as good. It's just not the same as a properly pulled shot of espresso. And for like the last three weeks, I haven't had time to look at it. And so I've been dealing with subpar coffee. And finally, this week, I started taking it apart and testing things. And I found there's this one three-way solenoid. And anyways, it's a bunch of complicated stuff. But um, this machine that we have, it's a Breville. But it's probably, I want to say, 11 or 12 years old. And this is the one that I paid 50 bucks for my brother-in-law. And he told his, his wife that it wasn't working, that it needed a new solenoid because he wanted a better espresso machine. And so I paid 50 bucks and it's worked perfectly. <laughs> like, I think I've had it for like seven, nine years. And finally, the problem that he told his, his wife was going on to actually happen, it was a solenoid. So I found a place in the city that had them. 40 bucks, put the part in last night and bang, I'm pulling shots of espresso again. So my goodness. Incidentally, as soon as the first day I have a proper shot of espresso, the days start getting longer. That's not a coincidence, is it? Yes, yes it is. <laughs> no, it makes the sun come up. That stuff makes the sun come up, Todd. First world problems, eh? My, uh, <laughs> my espresso machine quit working. I know. I love first world problems. Yeah, I don't ever want to go there again. You know, I was at this espresso shop. It's a place called Coffee Addiction. And it's in an, a sort of an industrial part of the city. And it's like an, an, an industrial bay of like this big strip mall. But like you'd have like, you know, uh, controls and then this. And one of the things is like a midwife's center or whatever. But this whole room, they probably have like 100 different espresso machines on display. And I asked the guy, I said, you know, I know Breville's kind of like, it's the start of a decent machine, but it's still consumer grade. And I've got no, no complaints. Like it's worked fantastic for me. And I asked him, I said, if I want to get into like a real proper machine, like an Italian made, good quality, you know, what's the difference and what are you looking at? And he said, the difference is that these ones are meant to be serviced for 30 years. Like he said, we sell parts for machines that are 30 years old and things are going to fail, right? You're dealing with high pressure and, and electrical solenoids and stuff. But he says, we can still get parts for machines that are 30 years old. And the machines we sell today, you're pretty much guaranteed for at least 25 years, fully serviceable. And they're all sheet metal, right? This is all plastic. and um, But it's only like, he, I said, what does it cost to get into a decent machine? And it's like 1800 to 2200 bucks. He said, we'll get you a pretty good machine. No, you can you can spend 15000 20000 if you want. But I, I thought that was quite cheap. I thought the Leap was like a $1,000 Breville, which is what they are now, to, I thought you had to jump up to like five grand to get the next step up. But apparently it's not. But. Oh, so nice, man. I had a great latte this morning. Mm-mm-mm. Fantastic. Oh. And then uh, 
this afternoon I got to do the brakes on the van because they're sounding terrible. <laughs> it's just like as soon as I'm done the Christmas rush, I try and squeeze as many repairs or little projects as I can until, you know, Christmas Day comes. But, oh, yeah. Anything exciting happening for you this week? No. It's cold weather Absolutely you guys got there. Nothing. Mm. Like I'm, I was uh, pretty bad off yesterday. I went to change some hydraulic fittings on the front of the tractor mm-hmm. um, for a quick disconnect on the uh, third function. Okay. And I was after, you know, went out, cranked the tractor up so it could start warming up. You know, so I could test it after they, I changed the fittings. Went and found my enormous uh, adjustable wrenches and uh, went out there, took the first fitting off, and I'm like, I'm done. I can't move anymore. It just, my neck and back were hurting so bad. Oh, no. And uh, I'm so overjoyed that my doctor decided that uh, he wasn't feeling well, so he postponed my appointment. When was that sure. supposed to be? Last Thursday. Hmm. That stinks. Yeah. Hmm. But That's I wound up bad. going to bed at seven thirty last night. Oh wow! How are you today? Right now I'm okay, but I can tell. Hmm. In a couple hours. It's Gonna be back. Ah, that's stuck. That sucks, eh? Yes, it does. But huh. uh, it is what it is. Yep. 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 <clears throat> mm. Oh man. Yeah, I'm. Uh, it's funny. It's like uh, Christmas is. It's always busy right up to Christmas Day, you know, and I'm glad we for the last several years, we don't go anywhere Christmas Day like we fully just stay home. We do like, you know, other family groups and units like before so that on Christmas Day, like we could just stay in pajamas if we wanted to. It's nice. Then um, tomorrow morning, we're doing Christmas with my parents. And then like our church has five basic Christmas Eve services. We have one on, or two, no, five. I think there's one tomorrow night and Isaiah's playing <clears throat> lead guitar in all of them. And so he's going to be just exhausted. But on Sunday, we've got nine and 11 and we're doing like our children's ministries. So we serve there. And then since Isaiah's playing, uh, we have a two o'clock service and a four o'clock service as well. So there's four services tomorrow. And we thought, well, if Isaiah's playing all four of them, we may as well stay. We'll watch one. And then we just signed up to volunteer with other stuff. And so they've got different photo booths in the atrium. Like this church is a big church. And so like they've got this huge water wall. I don't know, it's about 50, 60 feet high. And they've got like, I don't know, a whole bunch of Christmas trees. And it's a really cool backdrop for people. And and after every service, people are standing there getting pictures. So now they're going to set up a little table and either I can... I'll just basically offer family, say, hey, you want me to take your picture? And so Steph and I are doing that for two services. So 
on Christmas Eve, we'll be at church from eight o'clock in the morning till about six, I think. So I'm going to be tired. <laughs> but nice thing is we'll have everything ready before that. We're going to get all the stockings filled. We usually do that Christmas Eve and it drives me nuts because like 11 o'clock at night, we're just running around getting everything ready and we're getting everything ready. We'll cover them all with a blanket so kids can't see what's in them. And then, uh, yeah, I'll be good. <clears throat> but. Oh, yeah. So I had, uh, so do you have you ever watched the YouTube channel Outdoor Boys? No. He's, I really like him. He's, <clears throat> he does like mostly like outdoor camping, bushcraft stuff. Uh, I think he was born in Alaska and lived in Virginia. I forget, but for the last five years, he's had a video come out every single Saturday morning and he hasn't missed one. And that's a lot. Like, and his videos do really well, like guaranteed within the first week, it's at least a million views. Um, but in this last video, I, I was watching it and um, he was in Alaska and trying to go on this he's trying to do this 22 mile traverse over this range or whatever and can spend a couple days. And then he kept like getting things get breaking down. Like he has one of those little snow dogs. Have you seen those? It's kind of like a, a snowmobile track with a handle off the back of it. And it kind of pulls like a little sled and you stand in the sled. Have you ever seen those before? Oh yeah. Yeah. They're pretty cool. Anyways, he's kept breaking down and like <clears throat> the throttle would jam and it would like take off into a river. And then, thing weighs almost 300 pounds and you'd have to like drag it out and like four feet of snow the watching it looked miserable but then uh, he kind of said you know what he says i've been making a video and he'll do everything like he'll go down he'll go to japan and, and camp in japan he'll go down to florida and the way he does it like he was a lawyer and then he gave up that to big youtube because for the last three or four years his channel's been wildly successful and um and and like so he'll go down to florida for a month and hire a charter, a fishing charter, and they'll do a whole video about that. And they're actually interesting. Everything's GoPro. And it's just, I don't know. I, I enjoy it because it's not, it's not sensational, but he does really cool stuff. And he's a fairly practical dude. But uh, yeah, he said, you know what, guys? Because my body's getting beat up. He's I've noticed over the last several months, like I'm just getting run down. And he said, honestly, doing a video every single week, he said, I'm at the point where I think it's just too much. And he said, no, a lot of people are going to be upset. You know, it's part of your Saturday morning tradition. But he said, um, just for the sake of my own health, and he says, I'm going to have to just do every other week. But I was like, that's incredible. Five years without missing a single Saturday. That's not, and some of his videos are like three, four days camping in Alaska, like what he puts himself through is exa looks exhausting. Like if, he, if I watch one of his videos, I feel tired at the end of it. <laughs> like he'll dig out like six feet of snow and make himself a little snow shelter for the night and stuff. But I thought that was interesting. You've had uh, anything interesting on YouTube lately? Uh, about a week or so ago. Maybe two weeks. Ran across, uh, like, not not a new person, but like interesting subject matter. But the and I was gonna talk about it a little bit on the show, but the more I thought about it, I'm like, you know, nah. Because hmm. <clears throat> it was, 
kind of a rant video, but not. Uh, yeah, I guess it was a rant video. It was ranting about uh, YouTube hmm. and what they've done to creators and stuff. And I'm like, what's what's he saying? I want to hear it. Hey, nothing different than what other people have said. You know, uh, they make you do shorts. They make you do this. Make you do that. And uh, and none of it seems to make any difference, like they say mm-hmm. it will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you because know, he said, I, you know, regardless of what people say, you know. Uh, the average viewer cannot stand shorts on a long form video channel because mm-hmm. it just clogs up your subscriptions. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but YouTube says, you know, it's all about views. It's all about eyes on the screen, but you can do a bunch of videos that seem to have a lot of watch minutes or to watch hours, but then your pay doesn't go up. Yeah. So you're like, um, you're just, you know, you're just a monkey dancing so YouTube makes money. You're not making it yourself. Yeah, for sure. So I agree with that. And then he, he said, you know, and I had, uh, you know, quit my job a long time ago doing YouTube as a full-time job. I'm uh, trying to stay away from uh, sponsored videos because YouTube doesn't really like it because they don't get a cut, you know. Mm. But, do you think they promote sponsored videos less? Oh, yes, they do. Absolutely, that 100%. Sense. That makes sense. Um, they will tell you that. And that's why they make you do that, hey? Yeah. Interesting. Because I do it for every Princess Well, that in one. a lot of countries, it's uh, truth and advertising laws that are kind of older and meant for TV, but, mm. and it's the way, kind of how movies get away with product placement ads without telling you that's what they are. Yeah. Yeah. You know, why is everybody in this movie drinking diet Coke, like right in front of the mm. camera? Yeah. Uh, stupid. It's a product placement ad. Yeah. But anyway, this guy said, yeah, for two months I did everything. YouTube said they want me to do, and I made less money. Hmm. Well, you know. <clears throat> That's interesting. And, and then he he ends it with, I guess, one of the reasons you don't see a lot of these big name, really popular YouTubers with 10 million plus subscribers Never, ever talking about any of this on YouTube. Why, why don't they? I, I don't know. He goes, hmm. just think about it. How many yeah. YouTubers that you have seen talk about how scummy YouTube is? None. That's the answer. None. Yeah. And, and why is that? We don't know. You like you can't help but think that YouTube treats those people differently. They absolutely do. Uh, yeah. 
they were treating uh, a gun YouTuber very differently because he had so many millions of subscribers uh, until about a year ago. Who's that? Uh, Hickok 45. Mm, mm -hmm. Uh, Then they just, they couldn't withstand the pressure anymore. And it's just one YouTuber. Yeah. So they, he's, he's in Tennessee, isn't he? Do what? Isn't Hickok 45 in Tennessee? Yes. Yeah. I've Hmm. actually seen him out and about once. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. I was going to ask you that. That's cool. I'm like, uh, the, Somebody I was with was like, isn't that that guy? I'm like, yeah, that's Greg from Hickok. Don't worry about it. Hmm. Oh, don't you want to pay? No, I don't. I don't <clears> even <throat> want to go say hello. Well, I thought you'd watched him. I did. Yeah, I'm not, I don't have anything against him, but dude's got a life. You know, let him have yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. That's respectful of you. You know, now if you, I, you know, see certain YouTubers, I'm going to be running up behind him with my pants down, you know, <laughs> making a scene. yeah that's crazy because you know you look it's true you look at those big channels like 10 million plus even 5 million plus like it's a totally different game right and you think i remember like when i got my hundred thousand button i think at that time i forget how many hundreds of thousands of creators had achieved that goal and so people are like you got hundred thousand. That's crazy. I'm like, actually, it's not. <laughs> like, like you could take some of the cities around where I live, and it would be like every single person has done that already. And those are big, you know, they're big. They're like little, not big cities, but they're cities. I don't know what the stat would be today, but you think how many there are, hundreds of thousands of channels. And I like I look at, <clears throat> I consider my channel small, right? I'm like in that group of little small channels that had just a moderate amount of success and enough to keep the person, hey, let's let's keep going, right? <laughs> but not enough to like, man, this is good money. <laughs> you know what I mean? But and then it seems the guys with five to ten million, man, those guys do well, you know. Like inevitably they've all got new new homes. They're like I look like Peter McKinnon. And I don't know how many he has. I don't know if he has five yet. Maybe he, he does. But, man, that guy spends a lot of money on on stuff. And good for him, right? Like, he's done a great job. He I, I like his videos. I I wish him all the success in the world. But it seems the, the you know, the success that you would get at, like, 200,000 is not proportionate to 2 million. Right? It's not like, okay, now that's just 10 times more money. It seems like it's more than that. I don't know. I might be wrong, but and you you never know how much a YouTuber makes unless you are that YouTuber. Because I firmly believe it's not fairly distributed. Yeah. Well, and it all depends on like the content too, right? Like I know uh, for knife videos, they're the the ads that are sold on them are going to be at least half if i were say doing just like a i don't know men's a clothing show look okay what are the new clothing trends which are the best jeans to wear you know what whatever i guarantee i would have four times the ads sold on my videos then because and they've told me that they said 
your channel involves a lot of knives and while they're not like in violation of any of our community guidelines, like I don't have any strikes, they're just not advertiser friendly. And so they just, there's certain advertisers that said, yes, we'll, we're willing to, you know, go on outdoor channels, not hunting channels, knife channel, whatever. And those people have it. And then, and it also depends on the viewer as well, because YouTube tailors the ads to the viewer, you know, and, and like if somebody's continually comes back to a knife making channel, they're like, okay, this person obviously isn't going to be offended by it. And whereas like, if you have like just some person who's like, oh, I'm going to get into making and they watch a bunch of woodworking and metalworking. And then all of a sudden they watch a knife channel, like, oh, I don't know if I like this. You know, I'm sure there's a lot of makers that don't like knives and have a problem with knives. Like some people do. Um, and if they click on, they go, I'm not going to watch that right away. Then the, the YouTube will learn that, okay, for this type of person, this video isn't suitable. And so we don't want to spend ads promote like on that video. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's a very complex thing. And I agree. I think it's completely different for each creator. And even the individual viewer that comes to that can have an effect on, on the ad revenue. You know, like I'm pretty sure that if there's somebody who only watches knife channels, watch mine, they're going to like YouTube would be like, yes, put, put ads on this, on this viewer. Cause this viewer likes this content. Let's not hold back on advertising. Cause they're going to, you know, they won't be offended by it, but it's hard to say. Uh, yeah. yeah. And I, this hasn't been like in the last couple of months. It was during the, uh, 2020 lockdown. Mm-hmm. And I, they don't have really have any kind of offensive content as far as advertiser friendly goes, but they have two channels, two completely separate channels. Does kind of like cars on one and other stuff on another one, right? Mm-hmm. He has almost identical subscribers to both channels, within ten or twenty thousand, and he has more than two million on both. And he said, Is this off the ranch? No. And I said, because I wanted to know kind of if, you know, they really did treat everybody that would, you know, the same or if they're, he's like, man, I can tell you it's, it, I get all, of, you know, within a couple thousand views per video on both channels about mm-hmm. the same. Because my subject matter crosses over just enough that most of the people of his that subscribe to one of his channels do to the other one, right? Mm-hmm. And his car channel, he's right on the, you know, you can see him, he interacts with the camera. But on his other channel, it's just a tabletop version of a channel, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And he's like, I can tell you, I get less than half the money on the tabletop than I do really? my car channel. That's crazy. Yeah, and he said, if you can break it down to uh, views per minute, which is generally how advertisers judge how much they're willing to pay, mm-hmm. how many views per how many viewing minute. And because the guy's wife works in advertising, 
And mm-hmm. my niece is a pretty big muckety-muck in advertising. Uh, she actually specializes in, like, sports teams advertising. Yeah, okay. And uh, she's telling us the same thing. Exactly. This is how we decide where to spend our money, right, on advertising. And, you know, like, I, it's, it's less than half. It's like I can wow. get, you know, however many dollars per viewing minute on my car channel, and then I can just guarantee you that it's going to be less than about 48% on my other channel. Hmm. So then there's, I'm big enough. I, I can, I have a, a person directly at YouTube I can talk to and they're like, uh, well, you know, and they just tap dance around it because hmm. they don't know. Really? That's crazy. That's crazy, hey? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And my, uh, <clears throat> oh, I, I shouldn't say this, but yeah, my niece told me as far as YouTube goes, they, because from the advertiser's point of view, right? They have plenty of points of contact they can reach out to at YouTube uh, and get a human being. And hmm. they talk and they know what the rules are and they know what the contracts are. Um, She's like, I would never be a content creator. No. And not deal with YouTube. That's what she said? Oh, yeah. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. I guess, yeah. I guess from a purely financial standpoint, but there's the other thing if you enjoy the, the process of making the Oh, content. no, she was talking about just from the the... the the feedback she gets from YouTube about the way they treat content creators and how they can get around certain things and how they do certain things to please the advertiser. She's like, oh, God, no. You just get bent right over as a <laughs> content creator. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and even like, so if I look at the money I've made on YouTube <clears throat> and I look at the hours <laughs> I've put in... <laughs> I should. I, I don't think I could figure it out because I don't. I've never really kept track of how long it takes to do a video. But you know, if you've got a project video where you're trying to film and document making a knife, that's got to be, I would say, at a minimum ten to twenty hours into that video, because it it takes you twice as long to make a knife if you're filming it, you know. And then, well, maybe, you know, there's a time when I did a, I, I could do five knives in five days. And those weren't my best knives or anything like that. But even that, say it was like 12 bucks or 12 hours, 12 to 16 hours for that in each individual video. And I did that five days in a row. And so that's working like, you know, one and a half jobs. And I don't know, it'd be interesting to go back and look at what I made revenue on those videos to date and be like, okay, so I put in this much work you know, probably 68 hours a week um, for this week and how much I should actually do that. And that would be a very gracious thing to do because those have been out there for like five years making money, you know? Um, yeah, it's, it's weird. It's definitely don't definitely don't do YouTube for the for the money, you know, you do it because you enjoy it, I think. I think that's the only only reason to do it if if you want to do it. And 
that's why I started. It's like, you know what? I want to make YouTube videos. I love watching these videos. It looks like a fun thing. And it is. I love making videos. Really enjoy it. Like with my light video I did this week. Yeah. No. I, and when I produced it, I was like, you know, nobody's going to care about this. But I just, it's been so long since I've, I've made a video that I had fun. And I had one clown donkey comment and uh, he said, Jeremy, I love you to death, man. He goes, but seriously, you're showing me video, you're showing me new lights in your barn. And he's like, you got to remember how you got here. You got here by making knife videos. You need to stick to that. And uh, pray you find your way in the future. And he's like, Merry Christmas to you and your family, all the best. <laughs> I was, I was kind of ticked off. And I was like, first of all, you don't literally love me to death. You wouldn't lay down your life for me. So now that we've established you're a liar, you know what? I don't care for the opinions of liars. I made this video for my entertainment, not for yours. If it got two views, I would still be happy with its result. Good day. And then I blocked him. But it's just like, I get it, you know? But the weird thing is, is that some of the biggest videos that I've had on YouTube were all afterthoughts. They're like, ah, whatever. And so, like, when I look at it, like, there's videos that I've thought, okay, this is going to do really well. They bomb. Uh, one video I put a lot of work into is that stupid Swiss Army knife car. I said, you know what? This is an interesting project. You know, it's got some woodworking stuff in it. It's got, it's a knife, a giant version of a knife. It's got some novelty to it. And, man, that thing was, like, my worst video I've put out in, like, three years. Nobody watched it. Nobody liked it. And I'm like... I made a like a functioning wooden replica of a Swiss Army knife. The scissors open and closed, like, and I showed how I did everything. And nope, nobody cares. And then I do like a little video. It's like, okay, here's a little EDC pouch I put together, and I have that little Weira toolkit that you that you gifted me, a couple other tools, and, and I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna get something. And then that one, I got like, I, maybe it wasn't six. I think I got like five or six thousand subscribers from that one video and i'm like this is ridiculous like from a creator i don't know what's gonna work and so from that step but i do know i do know for sure if all i do is knives they kneecap it right because who like unless i'm gonna do a brand new process every single time and we've kind of talked about this like if i say okay now i want to learn how to do gold inlay okay cool now that's pushing myself further or now I want to learn how to do this really weird, complicated grind. And that's pushing myself further. But what, like, I'm at the point where I, I just want to make, like, I don't love these fancy art knives. I don't love gold inlay. I mean, I, I appreciate the work that goes into them, but those don't catch my eye. The things that catch my eye is more of a simple utilitarian knife that has a really good finish, really good portions, and they're just an aesthetic and it can vary like it can be different it could be multi-colored handles it could be simple handles but if i see a knife that just looks right and i'm like you can see it and it's like that would be a pleasure to use that's what i'm interested in and i'm interested in taking the knives that i make currently and honing in on them you know making them thinner get better geometry on them just okay what about a little change in the handle here what about this what about that how could we alter the, the balance of this blade just a bit that's what I care to do. But the thing is, that doesn't translate to any new content. And for me just to film another knife video, I'm like, this is dumb. This is boring, you know? And so it's a, it's a certain sense where either I have to focus on the videos for the sake of the videos, like the knife making stuff purely for the audience sake, or 
And the, the road I'm choosing is I want to get better at actually making, I want to refine the knives that I make. I, I don't want to make swords. I get so many requests, make swords. I don't want to make a sword. I have no, I can't use a sword for anything. I would rather make a small paring knife that is just like a laser and a treat than a sword that's going to be like, wow, that's crazy. Like that's just, just kind of where it is, you know? And maybe it's like, a, you know, you realize that, you know what? I've got X number of days on earth and you know what? I need to make sure that I do what I want to do with my life. And I don't want to make these big, huge. You remember that one YouTuber that made the crazy stuff like stupid like six foot long swords what's his name joey you ever seen that? no joey Adelana. like i follow him on uh he makes some big stuff but his are pretty cool i, him oh, and I mean, used to uh, chat a lot on instagram uh really crazy crap he's uh, like a crazy what is it, mitchell cthulhu or whatever yes yes yeah. see that stuff's cool and that stuff gets a lot of views and i remember when he first started doing that, I don't know, it was like eight years ago, seven years ago, like I stumbled on him. I'm like, oh man, this guy's making crazy stuff. And yeah, it gets a lot of views. And if that, and you know what, that's what he enjoys, right? If, if that's the stuff that he wants to make, that's great. And it, the nice thing for him is it's got a recipe. It's got a little sensationalism in there. Uh, I'm not taking anything away from his craftsmanship. Now, I, I, I don't know. I, I haven't followed him at all lately. I don't know if he could make a really good a competitively performing kitchen knife with someone that only does kitchen knives, right? But at the same time, from a content standpoint, it looks like he probably has a one-up because he's making stuff that's pretty crazy and sensational. And so there's that road to go down if that's all you want. It's like, I, I just want YouTube views. I just want... Or it's like, if I really just want to be a good knife maker, it may not, it may not continue to impress... And that's what I found my channels at now. People are kind of like, ah, yeah, he's done that before. And even I've, I've heard podcasts are like, people need to push themselves and stuff. It's like, well, yeah, maybe. But maybe if you've got something, it's like, okay, I've got the basics down. Maybe instead of pushing myself, I need to refine myself. You know, like I heard, who was it? Who's the guy with a big, huge head? Jason Knight. You know, his, his head is so big for his body. But he's like, I'm sick and tired of people making the same knife. You guys need to push yourself. And, you know, we need to step up this whole thing. And I'm kind of like, yeah, no. Yes and no. Like, I think if push yourself, you mean get better at quality. But I think the knives that people really need and the knives that perform well are all created already. They're there. You know, there's, there's certain knives that excel at this task. And then if you take that knife, like I think about the very, very first kitchen knife I ever made. I made it for Steph. And I was super impressed with how sharp I got it. And she used it. And she used it to take down a chicken. She was breaking up a chicken. And I said, how do you like it? And she goes, well, it's sharp. I said, yeah, but do you like it? She goes, it's way too fat. And it was. Like, was I think I used a piece of 316 steel. And the spine is a full 316. And if you're going to call that a kitchen knife, no, nah, that, that doesn't work. You know? And I look at that. And then I look at knives that I make now. And I'm like, that's where I want to go. I'm happy with that progress because using the knife that I make now that I would call a kitchen knife, it is going to be so much better than the very first one I made, you know, but they might look very similar. They might have the same profile. They might have very similar handles, something simple, not complicated. Like once you kind of figure out a nice, comfortable handle, I don't know how much farther you need to push that, you know, I guess it's just a different way of looking at it, but. But yeah, who knows, hey? 
<clears throat> yeah, well, I'm jaded when it comes to that guy anyway because I think Jason Knight is the reason I believe the ABA is just nothing but a fraud. Yeah. My opinion. Yeah. No, I don't have like, uh, I don't have, and he's he's kind of a, you know, I, I've got nothing against the guy, but I know a lot of people hold him with, with, they revere him, and I don't. I'm just like, I think he might just be, I personally, I think he's an average knife maker. Like I look at the knives he make, and he, he gets a lot of hype behind him because of his name, because he's on TV. But I'm like, yeah, the, it looks like a good knife. Like he's got one that he was really flogging there this last year, and it looks like a good knife. It doesn't look special. It doesn't make me like, oh my word, that knife on its own is amazing. But everybody's like, this is amazing because it's Jason Knight, you know? And I'm, I'm kind of like, if, if you want to talk about pushing yourself, you're the one that gets all this hype about an average knife just because of you, you know? And then you're telling all of us to, to push our stuff. I don't know. The way he kind of said it was kind of like, and then I heard everybody talking about it. It was like, yeah, we need to push ourselves. Because like, Jason Knight said so, cool. <laughs> Maybe that guy needs to grow a body. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's mean. That's a low blow. But, yeah, whatevs. I don't like when famous people get on their high horse and the, and just because of their fame. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, some people let that fame go right to their noggin. I think Jason some people Knight don't, has. You know? Yeah. I think Jason Knight's let it inflate Ooh, his head. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Even the whole like <clears throat> Master Smith and all this stuff. And I think it's good to have some type of uh, credentials, right? But there's a lot of knife makers that make better knives than Master Smiths. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Like I know people that are on their way to their way through the process and some of their finishing on the knives that they sell. Now they, they do their very best work so they can pass a particular test. And I I've seen some guys, I know this for a fact. Yes, they pass this test. They pass that one, but the knives that they have on their website, I'm like, the, I can tell the fit and finish of this is janky, man. Like you really didn't finesse this handle the way you should have. Because it doesn't, it, I can see a few places here that's going to hurt your hands and this and that. And it's like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's kind of weird because it's not, um, it's not like a mandatory testing. So in a certain sense, it's like, it doesn't actually mean anything necessarily. Like you could have a guy who makes better knives than most journeyman smiths. And if he just says, no, I don't want to test. Okay, but you'll never have this credential. He goes, so I still make a better knife than you. And that is a fully possible scenario. In fact, I'm sure it's out there. But just because it's like, no, I don't want to test. I don't care about your approval as this American Bladesmith Society. And so to me, the the title, it honestly, unless it was a mandatory across the board, like this is an industry standard, or it had something to do with like safety standards, you know, like uh, ISO 901 or whatever. That means something because most people, it's like, okay. But, eh, you're Black Master Smith. Cool. That's cute. <laughs> you spent a bunch of money. You're paying dues, and that's nice. Uh, the, to me, I'm not impressed. Let me see your actual knife you're making. Then then I'll tell you if I care about your Master's. Well, I don't care about that. 
Uh, what I care about is what you actually build with your hands, you know? But. Whatever. Yeah. It is cool. The one thing I kind of like is that it gives you, because the tests are known, it gives you interesting ways to test your own. And I think their testing is based on, on, like if you can take a knife, bend it 90 degrees and back, and it doesn't break and it comes back, and it holds an edge, you got yourself a pretty good knife for the application too, right? Like that knife has to be designed a particular way. Uh, you would never take a competition chopper and do that because it wouldn't hold up. But it's just, it kind of, it's interesting to have different ways to test your knives and to kind of define different aspects of the performance of the knife, you know, but so I guess it has its place, but it doesn't impress me. That's for sure. Have you bought any knives recently? No. No? Haven't bought was... much of anything. No guns? Oh, God, no. I'm... You gunned out? No, not gunned out. It's just... I have when you on. have all the guns. Yeah. <laughs> they need to like come up with a new caliber or something, right? That's a big thing now is every six months or, oh, the next latest, biggest caliber. Hmm. And then you go through real, actual, legitimate testing, not just uh, magazine and YouTube testing, <clears throat> and figure out that, oh, it doesn't give you the benefits above and beyond that of something that already exists that would justify Changing caliber. Yeah, yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you know what I wish they would make is a, a small caliber? And this would be just completely... I would like a caliber that competes with a BB gun. Like, a, you know, 177, but with... You know, just just a charge big enough that it's going to get it through the barrel and it'll come out and basically be a pellet gun that you could have a magazine. <laughs> you know what I mean? That would be fun. Pew, pew, just like shooting mice and stuff like inside of a shop. It's like, okay, yeah, my, I don't know. I, I like shooting pellet guns, but they're a pain because you got, you got cartridges, CO2, which are expensive and... As soon as you put them in, you know, they're not going to last till the next day. Or you got to pump them all the time. And that's such a pain in the butt. And it's like shooting BB guns is fun. Just pew, pew. You know, you're not, unless you get somebody in the eyeball, you're not hurting anybody. So if they made a round with that velocity, but and as a cartridge, so you could get a magazine, you know, 50 hundred round magazine, semi-automatic. Oh, that'd be fun. <laughs> what do you think about that, Todd? Ridiculous. No, I mean, because the old twenty-two caliber <clears throat> uh, arcade rifles were about that velocity. Oh, never I mean, that. you know what a twenty-two super short is. Yeah. And the arcade caliber was just probably about half of what a super short is. Huh. Is a and, super short shorter than a short? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. It's I've never half. seen a super short. Huh. 
And so uh, I got shorts, and they're well, fun. And, uh, super short. You can see the bullet arcing through the air. You know, really. So. <laughs> do you have any guns like that? Like, do you have any of that ammo? I don't have any of the ammo. Can you shoot them in a regular twenty-two? Oh yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I'm probably yeah. going to get some uh, super short for snakes next year. Yeah, yeah. You know, because there's a place for that. It's like, yeah, I want an actual firearm. I want the convenience of pull the trigger, boom, right? But it's like I don't need the power of a 22 because if you're shooting something that's two feet away, 22 is a lot. You know, it's loud. It's disturbing to wildlife in the area it's not super loud but you can hear the crack of a 22 whereas if you just had like i noticed i shoot um shorts around here at magpies and it's so much quieter like you know i bought that uh, winchester 94-22 and so when i got it in the ins the side of it says uh 22 long rifle 22 i forget short and anyways, and for some reason I thought, oh, I have to shoot shorts out of it. And so I buy shorts for it. And it's fun. And then I was like, oh no, there's what are what are the main common? There's long rifle. Is it long? There's long, long rifle, short, super yeah. short. So this one, the inscription says long rifle uh dash LR dash L dash S. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I can shoot all those. But um and I and I have it sighted in for shorts. And so I put in some long rifle. It's different. It's a different gun, you know, and it's, uh, I like the shorts because they're so quiet and I'm kind of like, you know what? 50 yards or under, that's, that's my range. That's just for popping magpies and stuff like that. And it's so much fun. I haven't gone shooting for a while. I should do that. Pew, pew. Exercise my rights, you know? Yeah. Well, we still have them. (laughs) Yep. They're dying. Yeah, they are. <clears throat> yeah, it's incredible. It's incredible what the old clown donkeys are trying to do. You know, it's funny is that, uh, so the mayor of Calgary is very, very liberal. Um, borderline woke, I would say. Like, every year they have a traditional lighting of the menorah, I forget, somewhere in the city, and she refused to go. I was like, come on, give me a break. And... um because uh, she doesn't support Israel. And um, in in my mind, like, you know, if it's something that's happened for you all the time, like just, I don't know why she in her role would take a stance on either side. That's has nothing to do with her. It's foolishness in my mind. Like people are like, who are you with? I was like, I'm, I'm right here. I'm not pro anybody that if it's not me, you know? Like, I, I'm not getting wound up in causes for no no particular reason. I have my opinions, but those will stay, t- stay to myself because the benefit of me sharing them isn't, uh, isn't going to outweigh the chance of us just getting pissed off and now we're fighting. That's useful. Not really. But um, uh, so Alberta, they said, okay, you know what? We're, we're allowed to use single-use plastics. It's un... It's against our rights and stuff. And so, yes, now we can have plastic cutlery. And then the mayor of Calgary said, nope, in the city, we're going to ban all single-use plastic. So, like, you go to Tim Hortons and you get a cardboard spoon, like literally pressed cardboard. And her approval rating is down to, like, it's just below 30% now. And people are like, we need a re-election. And they get all mad. 
And like, no, she's she she did exactly what she said she would do. And this one person was commenting. They said, what we need is for people to stop voting based on emotions and look at what they say their policies are. Yeah, maybe she flies a pride flag and maybe she's a woman and maybe she's got all these grand ideals. But if you look at what her policies say, she's doing exactly what she said she would. And when you realize what the impact is on your everyday life, you're like, oh, wait a minute, I don't like this. It's like, instead of voting with your emotions and, and all these little smaller peripheral matters, look at the policy, vote on that. It doesn't matter if you don't like the person. It doesn't matter if the person's like an ignorant redneck. If their policy is something you agree with, that's probably who you should vote for. Uh, you know, assuming that most politicians will go generally in the direction of the policies that they go, they say they're going to do, you know. And that's funny. Like, same thing with like Rachel Notley. People voted her in, and then they were all pissed off at her. It's like, she's doing exactly what she said she was going to do. <laughs> like, you voted for, you moron. You know, and same thing, everybody's mad at Justin Trudeau. It's like, you voted for a clown donkey who said, literally, his quote, the budget will balance itself. <laughs> and now you wonder why Canada's like, I don't know, $51 billion more debt this year. Like, we're in the worst state that we've been for, I don't know how long. People are like, well, it's, this is terrible. It's like, well, of course. This is what, I could, when when you made that vote and when he was said, oh, now the new prime minister... That's exactly, I could have told you exactly what was going to happen. You idiots. People are just so thick and stupid, you know? They've got a, a hairy fairy child view of the world, and it's like, yeah, sunshine and rainbows. Woo. Dumb. Dumb people. But, whatever. Did you yes. hear about that guy? That guy who's talking about Israel and then had a heart attack? No. Uh, shoot. My kids showed me the story last night. It just happened last night. Um, it was a prime minister or somebody, not Ukraine. I forget. If you search it up. But anyways, he was giving a speech and he said, we will not stand with Israel. Israel must perish. Literally, he finished saying that. He was on a podium. He had a heart attack and died. <laughs> ah, Turkish prime yeah. minister. Turkish, yes. Turkish prime minister. Well, Turkish MP. Yeah. Whatever. Don't care. Isn't that funny? He's standing up there. They will suffer the wrath of Allah. <laughs> That's not an act of God. I'm, I'm not saying it is for sure, but hmm, that's, that's interesting. That's interesting. You know, he didn't have a heart attack that morning before his speech. He didn't have a heart attack 10 days later. He had a heart attack while he was making the speech. His time was then. Allah, where was Allah at that moment in time? Well, you know, can't interfere for 10 minutes. You have to have that heart attack for 11 before I can help you. Yep, that's right. <laughs> that's crazy, hey? Yes. Cray-cray. <laughs> oh, yes. I can hear upstairs. I think my parents are here to pick up all those presents. It's so funny because, uh, you know, the, the different shopping for different people, like the Isaiah and Ava were shopping yesterday, and then it's hard. One thing the kids wanted to do this year, they said, I want to I buy my own gifts with my own money for their siblings. And we've always done that. We've said, what do you want to get them? And then Steph and I pay for all the gifts, but it's from this person. And they, they choose it. We pay for it. But this year, they 
for some reason they said, I want to, I want to buy my own. Like I want to spend my own money on the gifts. And we said, okay, go ahead. Yeah. Um, you're not hurting our feelings. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> and, uh, and usually the gifts from the siblings were never the big ones. We always give them bigger and we don't go crazy with Christmas. Like, I don't know. I, we, I think we try to keep it like under 200 bucks a kid, which is, it's a lot, but it's not like I, I remember my cousins growing up, they'd literally get like a, a little doom buggy, like a little, mini doom buggy and they get like mini bikes and we'll get a dirt bike for christmas so we're talking like thousand dollar plus per kid and i'm like wow i was never like i was always like 100 bucks and under and it was great because you know i remember my best gift i ever got was a crossman it was a slide action like a bb gun pellet gun and it was just a spring-loaded look kind of similar styling to a 1911 and you could either put like 20 BBs in it or you'd single load pellets and you just slide it back and poof. And then they had these 177 caliber darts. And so it was like a little spike with little feathers on the end of it. And then my parents also bought me a dartboard so I could shoot this, this pellet gun in my bedroom and play darts with my friends. That was the best gift I've ever had. And I think it was like $40, you know? And it's, uh, and so we told the kids, I said, don't worry about the money. Just think about the person that you're buying it for. What would they like? If it's like a t-shirt and a, you know, if it's, if it's motocross, buy them a, a t-shirt and then wrap it in the current issue of a, a motocross magazine. That's a really practical gift they're going to enjoy, you know? But the hard part is that now we've got all these people with all these presents and where do we hide them all? Because everything used to just all be in our bedroom or we'd, you know, so I've got everything that I have for people's out in the office. And then, so there's this gift that my parents need and then it's just like, Oh, I can't go out there. I was like, no, you can. So it's just, it's kind of the logistics right now of hiding presents until everything's fully wrapped is kind of fun. But again, first world problems, hey? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Oh, man. So you guys got a, uh, Anything between here and what is uh so is the net working? Like what she worked during this time or Oh yeah. Yeah. She'll get uh kinda early release today, off Monday, and then back to work Tuesday. Yep. And is she she's not working from home anymore, is she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. She's yeah, full time yeah. from home now. Oh, okay, gotcha. Right on. Cool. Um, do you guys have a Christmas tree set up? Oh, no. Did I? Yeah. Did I ask you that last week or a week before? No. No. Yeah, we got our, finally got our set up. We always get a real one. I don't know why. Well, I kind of like a real one better. But we always end up waiting so long because when they first go on sale, we don't have time because we're doing you know, the monkey manufacturing thing. And then uh, by the time we're done, the rush is over. I go out there and there's like four trees left. <laughs> but they're always on clearance, so that's good. <laughs> this year we actually locked out. It's not a bad looking tree. It's only like six feet high, but it's uh, it's very even. So. But yeah, I never put lights up on the house this year. I haven't done it for a few years and I kind of, I like doing it. And this year would have been an ideal year because like, We've had like no snow for the longest time and it's been warm, so it's been no excuse, but it just didn't happen. 
It's funny because people are talking about, oh man, it's all this global warming. And so I think we're going to be above freezing on Christmas. And I remember 96, 95, one Christmas, I lived here and my cousins came over and me and my cousin Brock played football outside and it was 14 degrees Celsius and there was no snow. We were running around on grass on Christmas day. People were like, this is the warmest Christmas we've ever had. It's like, nope, nope, it's not. The cycles, hey? Yeah. It's just... Yeah, I had somebody telling me yesterday, oh, it's all global warming. All right. No problem. Yeah. That's funny. Come talk to me in February. Yep. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I hope we get some... And our snow's barely hanging on, but I don't think we have enough to go snowmobiling. That's always like a tradition. We always did a Christmas, go for rips and snowmobiles, but we shall see. Oh yeah. Well, let me I wanna see what's a what is next Friday? Oh yeah, 29th. We could do a podcast next week too, hey? Yeah. You think? Right on. No worries. Yeah. Unless yeah. you sneak off the vamp. Oh, yeah. Did we do that last year? Who knows? We'll see. Well, you know what's funny is that Kobe works. Like, he doesn't have a lot of time off of work now. So, if he, uh, and because he lives here, it's kind of, I don't know. You know, if he if he was at school, we, we'd just be like, oh, yeah, you're at school. Okay, cool. We're going to Montana again for like another couple of days. But I don't know. Kind of want him to treat him like we're all a family. So if, if we wanted to go to Banff, we'd have to do it on like one of the few days that he has off. And then the bummer with that is those are all days that everybody else has off. So it's busy, but whatever. Yeah, no, I think we're just laying low. I have no clue what we're going to do next week. Like, obviously, Monday will be Christmas, and then Tuesday, you guys call it Returns Day, right? Uh, not, not really, but... Oh, okay. Because yeah. you guys don't call it Boxing Day, do you? I do, but that's because I lived in England for so long. But... Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, so it's... Is it a? Do you guys do? Is it a big shopping day on on the day after Christmas or no? It's a big return day, but oh, okay. Um, yeah, no, like it's a. They don't. Most stores in in Canada won't sec, accept returns for like the first week after Christmas, week or two <laughs> sometimes. Oh yeah, but uh, and so you go to the the malls and there's like, nope, we're not taking returns because it's Boxing Day and it's it's one of the biggest. I think one of the busiest shopping days of the year. And it's just so crazy to me. When I was a kid, we used to go like with my, our cousins, like we'd get together with our cousins on Christmas day and then we'd all plan out which stores we want to go to, which malls we want to go to the day after Christmas, we'd go shopping. <laughs> it's just like, you were literally just given all this stuff. And then it's a kind of essentially whatever you didn't get, you'd go buy for yourself. And it's just, it's kind of odd. We don't do it. And our we, kids are like, can we go shopping? No, no, we literally just received a whole bunch of things from other people. We're not going to slap that in the face by going out and buying more stuff for ourselves wait wait a week <laughs> it's funny oh yeah 
Well, yeah, I got to probably need new pads and rotors in the van because it's making, it started just like last week making a, just under braking, it made a really bad noise. And then now it, it's different when you're braking and then even when you let off, sometimes it feels like, so I think the pads and rotors are about shot. So hopefully that'll be like a quick one hour job. But I'd like that done because Isaiah's got to drive the van a whole bunch. It's to the point where the vehicle, when the van drives by, it sounds bad. Like if you're in a parking lot, people would look at you when you're driving. <laughs> and so I'm like, ah, if it's my kids driving this thing, I should probably make sure the brakes are like, you know, definitely up to par <laughs> instead of making noises like that. I had, uh, I left my truck one time, the rear discs on my truck so long. Uh, you know how y'all have like the, the disc has like the, the vent slots in it. Yeah. I left it so long one time that it ground one entire side of the disc off. And so the, the pad on the one side was actually hitting those. It was fully fluted. Like it looked like an impeller. <laughs> the side of the disc was gone. I went to pick up wood one time. The guys like, you really need to look at that. I'm like, yeah, I know. I just don't have time right now. And then I went and I looked at it and I actually brought it with me the next time I went back. I said, remember you told me I should look at my disc? I was like, look how far gone it was. That was hilarious. So hopefully I don't have to do that with the van. But yeah. Oh, man. Anything else you want to hit off on this show? No, not really. Right on. Yeah, I should probably go get this van fixed, I suppose. Yeah, you can use that new lift. Yeah, well, there's T-Bird still on it, so. You got a Bobcat. Um, Move the T-Bird. <laughs> that's right. Well, the T-Bird runs. I got the keys for the T-Bird now. I asked my dad to leave him. I said, if I need to lose, use a lift, can you just leave the keys for the T-Bird with me? So I did. Um, for this is easy. I can just, I've got a jack and a spot in the van where I can lift the, both wheels off with one foul swoop. And I got one of these really nice floor jacks. I'm just going to lift it up, put some jack stands under there and have a look. But the Civic has got issues with the brakes too. And I think it's all four of them because the parking brake doesn't work at all. And it's a standard. And uh, so I mean, I think if I'm doing all four brakes at once, that'll definitely use a lift. Just make it so much faster, you know. But yeah, I should probably get on that. Well, I guess uh, you guys have yourself a Merry Merry Christmas. And uh, hopefully it's nice and relaxing for you guys and just enjoy hanging out with your extended family. And uh, hopefully Santa's really good to you, Todd. Well, thank you very much. uh, Santa Claus is good to everybody. Yeah. Except you, Roger. (laughs) This is Roger, guys. Ooh. We'll have to get into that sometime. <laughs> right on. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, we wish you all a very Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. And uh, it's a high likelihood we'll be back next week for a wonderful episode See of Common later. Sense Masculinity. We'll talk to you all later. you got to be the last one, Todd. Oh, I had, I actually did say something. <clears throat> oh, I didn't hear it. Oh. Okay.
See y'all later. Bye.